Today we'll discuss another big reason for optimism for the Islanders this season and a player at the crossroads who may be a big help in improving the Islanders' offense. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Also wanted to uh, uh, hope everyone can just bear with me in case you haven't heard it in my voice. Uh, I contracted COVID over the holiday weekend. Uh, I'm doing the best I can. It hasn't been an easy path, but uh, I am slowly on the road to recovery. So if my voice sounds a little off or if I cough in the middle of the show, just please bear with me. I'm here. I'm dedicated to bringing you the Locked On Islanders podcast, and I will continue to do that. Uh, with the next show scheduled for Friday. So uh, barring any significant setbacks, we will keep on schedule here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have uh, a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, everything going on, trade rumors, free agency, uh, Injury news, once training camp gets underway, if it's happening to your New York Islanders, we'll have it covered for you right here on the Locked on Islanders podcast. So we're going to start today with uh, another reason for optimism. I know it's been a rough offseason. I know it's been, I guess the right word more than anything is that it's been a disappointing offseason, that the expectations that the Islanders fans had for signing or trading for a goal-scoring forward, preferably a winger, never came to fruition. And for all those rumors and all the different things that uh, were mentioned and never happened, I know it really does disappoint the fan base, and, and understandably so. So, but yet... In spite of that, there are reasons for optimism. And we talked about one of them 
on the last show that basically, you know, the the Islanders will not have as bad uh, of a situation as they had a year ago. So, you know, you're not going to start with a 13-game road trip. Let's let's start with that. And basically that, you know, there are still reasons for optimism. The addition by subtraction on the blue line was another one that we discussed on Monday's show. But today the other issue that I want to talk about is goaltending. And some of you mentioned this on uh, the YouTube comment section, and I definitely wanted to uh, touch on it because you guys are absolutely right. The goaltending that this team has, <coughs> excuse me, the goaltending that this team has with Ilya Sorokin uh, being there and Semyon Varlamov being there, it really gives this team a chance to pretty much win almost every game they start. And these two players, you know, they're not going to have too many games that because of their poor play, you're not going to be in the game. In fact, Sorokin and Varlamov will keep you in, let's say, 75-80% of your games, maybe more. You're not going to win all of the games they keep you in, especially with the Islanders' offense being as uh, inconsistent as it has been. But it should give you a chance to get points almost every game in and out, and that is something you can't ignore. You go up and down the, the, the goaltending rankings of the top two. There are 64 goalies in the NHL at any given time. Uh, yeah, okay, sometimes there's guys who come up because of injuries or what have you. But look, there are 32 starting goalies and 32 backup goalies in the league, more or less, at any given time. And I think it's safe to say, Ilya Sorokin is certainly a top 10 goalie in this league, maybe even a top 5. And I think Semyon Varlamov is probably somewhere in the 20s, uh, 25 maybe, best goalie in the league. You, you look at it that way, the Islanders have two starting caliber goaltenders, either one of whom they can count on if, you know, if Simeon Varlamov goes down, you know Sorokin can come in, play, you know, five out of six games if he needs to, and keep your team sharp. If it even goes the other way and Sorokin gets hurt, and we don't want either of these players to get hurt, but if Sorokin goes down and has to miss five or six games, you know Varlamov can come up and start four, five, six games in a row and keep the Islanders strong and in games regardless. So what it does is it brings a certain amount of confidence to the team. And that confidence was eroded a little bit last year, not so much because of the goaltending, although Varley, you know, started the season, missed training camp because of injury, you had illness, you had all kinds of issues with Varley. But uh, realistically speaking, the important thing is that when he's on his game and toward the end of the season, he started to, to get his groove again, I would say by March, uh, Varlamov is still a, quali a starting quality goaltender in the National Hockey League. And a lot of teams have one very, I, I don't think too many teams, 
have two goalies in the top 32. And the Islanders most certainly do. The confidence got eroded a little bit last year because the margin of error was so small. Because the turnovers, both in their own zone and just outside of, you know, in neutral ice, but just outside the Islanders' zone when their transition was so bad last year, it made the margin of error so low that, you know, if, if either of the goalies let in one bad goal, that was all they needed because, okay, you're going to let in one goal you can't do anything about, and, okay, that's, you know, that's two goals you've given up already. That you're only scoring 2.7 goals a game on average. So it, the, the margin for error because of the defensive errors and the turnovers last year did erode the confidence a little. That plus Varlamov's injuries and health issues. Uh, but overall, these two goalies give the Islanders a chance to win every night. And goalies, the best goalies are going to steal some games for you, allow your team to win games that they probably realistically shouldn't win because they're outplayed, but the goalie makes key saves. But the fact is that good goalies also keep your team in the game, and the Islanders have two of them. And overall, that is an asset that any NHL team will take to the bank. Offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. The Islanders realistically have goaltenders that will keep them in every game just about. And that is a reason for optimism. And, you know, I'll take it a step further. Uh, Sorokin is still, what, you know, in his mid to late 20s, 26, going to be 27. Uh, Realistically speaking, he's in his prime right now. And come trade deadline or sooner, if Sorokin proves himself to be as great as he has looked so far, Varlamov could be available to be traded and bring the Islanders an asset that they desperately need for the stretch drive. So just something to keep in the back of your mind uh, as we move on. We have got a lot more to discuss, including a player at the crossroads of his career who could really help the Islanders' offense if everything breaks right. We've got that and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. (coughs) Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious. Indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, and it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories per bar, but they pack a whopping 15 grams of protein. Like, what's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, we have to talk about this player 
who is at a crossroads in his career right now, but can be a big difference for the Islanders this year. And the guy I'm talking about is Oliver Wallstrom. Wallstrom is 22 years old. He's 22. He won't turn 23 until June 13th. Uh, he is now entering his third full NHL season. And realistically, he has put up slightly better numbers each year, although he only played 44 games in 2020-2021, played 73 last year, and only exceeded his point total by three and his goal total by one. So clearly he had a better uh, per-game statistical season in 2020-2021. Wallstrom has been inconsistent. We saw early last year how good he can be and how he could put the puck in the net. And look, the, the fact of the matter is that Oliver Wallstrom, uh, it was fifth on the Islanders in shots on goal, despite the fact that all the players ahead of him in shots on goal got a lot more ice time than he did. Who led the Islanders in shots? Noah Dobson. Then it was Brock Nelson, Matthew Barzal, Anders Lee, and that then Oliver Wallstrom. Wallstrom had 157 shots in 73 games. And, you know, was playing very few minutes in a lot of them because Barry Trotz never really developed trust in Wally and had, uh, you know, used tough love to try to get Wallstrom to play more defense and do more things without the puck and... It had mixed results, let's face it. Uh, Wallstrom does have to learn how to do certain things away from the puck. You're not going to be great in the Islander system without doing the little things on defense. It doesn't work. If one player isn't all in, the system will break down. Now, it may be slightly different under Lane Lambert than it was under Barry Trotz, but realistically... You have to understand that Wallstrom is going to have to find a way to do some of those little things to earn his ice time. That being said, <coughs> excuse me, is Oliver Wallstrom capable of a breakout season this year? Absolutely. And when I say a breakout season, Wallstrom is capable of being a top six forward. He has the talent to be a top six forward. <clears throat> and look, last year he averaged 12 minutes and four seconds of ice time per game. He could add that to that by four or five minutes, maybe six, which, which would be a third increase. If he can put it all together and do his thing. And... Realistically, it, it's time, and he needs to take advantage. He's got a new coach who is going to give him a clean slate and probably having a slightly new system out there as well. Oliver Wallstrom has to take advantage of this opportunity. 
And the shot he has, plus the fact that he's not afraid to use it, uh, is something the Islanders so desperately need in their lineup. Should the Islanders still go out and try to bring in a, a goal scorer, a, a bona fide 30-goal guy to, to take this team to another level? Yeah, if they can, I'd certainly still be in favor of it if it happens any time between now and, and the trade deadline. But in Oliver Wallstrom, they have a guy who is definitely capable of taking it to the next level. And Wally, you know, he is 6'2", 205. So he's just now going to really start growing into his own body and, and, and sort of uh, being able to catch up with uh, his skills and his physique and his physicality. You know, players who are going to be power forwards or players who are a little bit bigger, uh, it takes them a little longer to adjust to life in the NHL. And if Oliver Wallstrom can really take it to another level now, boy, that would make a big difference. And I want to see Wally on the power play too because of his ability to shoot, because of the fact that this power play struggles so, so badly. Uh, at times, and you get Oliver Wallstrom out there, and if he's doing the things he needs to do, the power play could increase. Look, last year, Oliver Wallstrom had 13 goals, okay? You, let's say you just double that to 26. You add 13 there. You got to figure Kyle Palmieri should have a better year than he did at 15 goals, Let's say he goes to 25. That's 26, you know, 25, 26 more goals than than you already had a year ago. And I think that, you know, maybe that's asking a lot. Maybe that's a best-case scenario. If I went down the line, I could <clears throat> pull out a best-case scenario for every player, and voila. <coughs> the Islanders would be, you know, one of the leading scoring teams in the league. But realistically, Barzal should have more goals easily. Anders Lee is capable of matching or exceeding his totals. J.G. Pajot can go up slightly. Bavillier can go up. Palmieri can go up. Wallstrom and Bellows can certainly increase their goal totals. It is not unrealistic to think that some of these, uh, you know, some of these players who had a rough year last year for numerous reasons uh, won't do better. And overall, I think, Lane Lambert's system, while it's not going to be radically different from Barry Trotz's, it will probably be more open-minded offensively. Maybe not a lot, but a little bit. But, you know, let's say that that's worth a few extra goals, but probably giving up a couple of uh, goals also. But offensively, it could take you, you know, give give the scoring players a little bit more of an opportunity to shine. This is a key season for Oliver Wallstrom and for Kiefer Bellows, for that matter. They are at a crossroads. Bellows is on a one-year contract. Wallstrom has to show that he's ready for prime time. The opportunity is there. The question is whether or not he is able to take advantage of it, and we'll see whether or not he 
is able to do that. Hopefully he can, but uh, it's going to be a big factor in what the Islanders offense does this season, especially if they don't go out and bring in that scorer, whether they don't do it until the trade deadline or don't do it at all, we'll have to see. But Wallstrom, a very, very key factor in whether or not this Islanders offense can improve this year. We have got more to discuss on today's show. We have got a, a player who finished his career with the Islanders and later became the Islanders' general manager. Let's see if you can guess who that is. He played with the team in the very early 90s. We've got that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And yeah, Monday was uh, the 64th birthday of former Islanders forward and uh, also general manager, Don Maloney. Maloney, a native of Lindsay, Ontario, drafted by the Rangers in the second round back in 1978. Joined the Rangers midway through the 78-79 season. Was a big part of their run to the Stanley Cup final in 1979. Was traded to the Hartford Whalers in 88-89 and then to the Islanders in 89-90. Played one and a half years with the Isles. 16 goals, 43 points in 79 games in 1989-90. Only played 12 games in 90-91. Had five assists and six penalty minutes in that one. Uh, Did play in five playoff games for the Isles. Maloney was one of those gritty guys who could also put the puck in the net. Had 29 goals a couple of times in his career with the Rangers in one season. He was a good passer. He could dig the puck out of the corners as well. Uh, sort of a great second line forward and a, you know, an average first line forward or a little below average first line, but on the, a second line, he was great. And one of those guys who was reliable, hardworking, and got the job done. Ended up playing in 765 games in his NHL career, 214 goals, 564 points, 815 penalty minutes, had 94 playoff games, 22 goals, 57 points in those. And then went on to be general manager of the Islanders, worked for the Rangers organization, the Coyotes. uh, Basically got all of that done uh, in the front office capacity for a long time. And, you know, the Islanders did have their run to the 1993 uh, Cup Final while he was their general manager. So he did certainly have some magic moments uh, as a GM for the New York Islanders. We go back and look at one of his better games as an Islander, January 6, 1990, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Bring in the Quebec Nordique in this game. Greg Millen, the goalie for Quebec. Mark Fitzpatrick in between the pipes for the Islanders. Scoreless first period, although a fight between Claude Loisel of the Nordiques and Jeff Norton of the Islanders, uh, sort of the uh, big highlight of that period. In the second, though, Quebec gets on the board first with Pat Flatley in the penalty box for tripping. Tony Herkish, his seventh from Tony McKegney and Brian Fogarty at 623. Islanders trailing one to nothing. But with Euro Yarvi in the box for holding, the Islanders get a power play and David Volek takes advantage. His ninth, Doug Crossman and Jeff Norton with the helpers were tied at one. And exactly one minute later, Randy Wood, his 10th from UB McDonough, 
After 40 minutes, the Islanders are up by a score of 2-1. to one. In the third period, the Islanders extend their lead. Pat LaFontaine is 36th of the year. Alan Kerr, the assist, 3-1 Islanders. Then, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Don Maloney goes to work. The Islanders are shorthanded. Doug Crossman is off for holding, but Don Maloney gets a shorty, his eighth, from Brent Sutter at 14-23. That makes it 4-1 Islanders. Michel Goulet makes it 4-2. At 16:25, he scores for Quebec, Joe Sackick and Joe Sorella with the assist. But then Don Maloney, our Islanders' birthday of the day, clinches the victory with his ninth goal, an empty netter at 18:34. Gerald Diddick and Brent Sutter, the assist. Islanders win this one by a score of 5-2. They get 40 shots on goal in this game compared to 30 for Quebec. Mark Fitzpatrick, 28 saves. But for Don Maloney, our Islanders' birthday of the day, two goals, he is a plus one. And he had seven shots on goal, which led all players uh, on the Islanders in this game. Don Maloney, uh, very nice guy. I was able to interview him for my book, Ice Wars, and talked about his time with both the uh, Rangers and the Islanders and working in for both teams' front offices, and he had some interesting observations about the differences between the two franchises and what it meant. Very nice guy, and was a pleasure uh, talking to him at the Coliseum before a game uh, when I was doing interviews for the book. So, happy birthday a couple of days late to Don Maloney. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. So, what do you think about uh, my player at the crossroads uh, that, of course, uh, you know, do you think that Oliver Wallstrom does hold the key to improvement for the New York Islanders when it comes to their offense this year, especially since the team did not make that big trade? Is there another player you think is uh, equally as important? Let me know. You can, you know, email us mention it on Twitter or in the comments on YouTube. We will be back Friday, assuming that I don't feel worse, uh, with another show. Uh, and uh, we will, of course, have all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings for you right here on the Locked on Islanders podcast. Thanks again for making Locked on Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.